Hello and welcome to episode number 11 on Cashflow Candy. This is Annette Lackovich and today we're going to be interviewing Heather Porter. Heather has promoted and managed events in over 25 countries with her own music and arts production company with some of the world's best known speakers such as Anthony Robbins, just to name one. She's the co-founder of Billionaire Adventure Club where she actually had the connections to meet some of the most amazing entrepreneurs with their charities such as Richard Branson and also Madonna. Today, Heather helps business owners automate their business online to generate leads and sales. She's the co-founder of the digital agency Autopilot Your Business and the co-host of a marketing podcast which has fans, wait for this, in over 80 countries around the world. She is killing it. Now, let me give you a sneak peek in what you're going to learn today from Heather. Uh, Not only are we going to learn about her entrepreneurial journey because I do ask some pretty private questions. How did she actually know to take the leap from being an employee to entrepreneur? Um, And she actually talks about that mindset that you need. Also, what you're going to walk away with personally is what's the hottest thing right now online that you need to be doing that's going to help explode your traffic to your website. Plus, the biggest mistake that she sees entrepreneurs do, and I'll tell you what, it's about 80% of what people are actually doing right now. So, uh, without further ado, let me introduce you to Heather Porter. Enjoy. This is Annette Lackovich, and you're listening to Cashflow Candy. Join me while I interview successful entrepreneurs, business specialists, and share the ultimate information, helping you increase your sales, doing what you love. So let's start making some candy for your business. So ladies, let me introduce you to Heather Porter. She's an expert in the online branding, online marketing and social media uh, strategies. And I'll just tell you, I have shared Heather with you before. If you have um, watched my podcast show with, or sorry, a video show um, with Living Legends series, which is on YouTube. So um, if you want to see what Heather looks like, you can check her out there. However, I was repurposing a lot of my Living Legend uh, series because uh, the interviews were amazing and Heather's was too, but Heather's was so amazing that Heather, I couldn't repurpose yours because you were telling us everything that was going to happen in 2015 (laughs) and when I was replaying it... Everything had come true. So, guys, allow me to introduce you to Heather Porter. Hello, Heather. Oh, my gosh. I love that. I I haven't even told you that yet, have I? No. So, you're probably thinking, why isn't she repurposing mine? So, I had to get you back because, um, one, you're a female entrepreneur that just carves the way in what you do. I haven't met anyone um, as kick-ass as you. Um, And I want to be able to share with everybody your journey as an entrepreneur and also share your amazing uh, intelligence um, and your craft with everyone. So um, thanks so much for coming on the show again. (laughs) Thanks for having me and the feeling is absolutely mutual about you. (laughs) And this is actually the, remember the last time we had to do the recording twice because the microphone broke on us so um uh, i can see it's actually recording now we're actually doing this uh via skype guys so i can see it's a recording so fingers crossed so heather i want to start with sharing your journey because so many of us when we start out and there's going to be so many listeners that i know of um they're in that growth stage or even in the startup stage i should say and, you know, there's, there's highs and lows. So can you start with us? I know you've worked with some really big name speakers. So just take us on the journey for a little bit, just how you actually started and to actually get into your own business. 
Yeah, uh, I've always been an entrepreneur at heart, and uh, yeah, it's been a hard road. And some t- <laughs> some days I still wake up, Annette, and I think, should I just go get a job? Would it be easier? <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like, okay, get out, let's do it, because you've got a list yeah. of things. This girl is so busy. When we try to organize catch-ups, like our catch-ups, you know, they're like, you know, months in advance, the planning, isn't it? <laughs> isn't that sad? It's sad, but it's true. But um, back, back, you know, in the day when I was going to university in California, I was studying um, actually art. So back back in my teens, I was trying to get acting gigs in LA, and I was dancing. You you recently found that out about me, yes, that, that I was a yeah. dancer. I was, I was like, oh my god, dancer. And it then I was jazz. an artist. Was it jazz? Da- jazz. Dance. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> jazz hands. Jazz. Yeah, jazz hands. And um, <laughs> and then I was a painter as well. I did arts, and I was even commissioned for a few things. So it's really artistic. And then I went to university, and I was going to get um, a degree in arts. Um, and then this guy that I was dating, you know, as as you're young and impressionable, this this guy comes into my life and he goes, "You're never going to get a job <laughs> with an art degree." <laughs> so I changed, and I actually studied international business, and um, thus was bit by the business bug. And when I got out of university, I started working in IT for Tony Robbins, the motivational speaker. I had no idea who he was. I saw an ad in the newspaper, no kidding, said Robbins Research International. And I thought, right, I have an international business degree. (laughs) (laughs) Can I just find out what year was this? This would have been 99. 99, okay. Yeah, around that. So I started working for him and on the side, that's when my my entrepreneurial bug hit me hard. And Mm. um, while I was working for him full time, I started up a events production company, um, which I did with my boyfriend at the time. So I'd come home from my job and then at night I'd work until sometimes midnight running this small business on the side where I basically represented local artists, um, DJs, musicians, and fashion designers and put together shows Mm -hmm. and then make commissions off of selling their stuff. So I was doing that um, on the side and then it eventually started trickling more and more into my job and I was sneaking sort of at my desk running my business. (laughs) And... um, which, you know what, there's a big lesson in that because most of us get started while we're working still full-time for yeah. somebody else. Mm. So that's how it got started and eventually um, I transitioned out of that uh, full-time role with Tony into a contracting role with him when I decided to move to Australia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was doing that on the side and um, as a contractor and also, uh, that again, building up my business, Porter Productions, which was... For me at the time, consulting, but also running my own events for other speakers and bringing amazing people out to Australia from the States because obviously that's where I'm from. And yeah. um, and it slowly grew. And then about six years ago, started my digital agency. And, and that was the moment in my life that I stopped doing hobby business and I stopped being more of a freelancer mm-hmm. to actually having a business mm-hmm. with a team and needing to build systems. Mm, interesting. Uh, so much you've actually said that I want to talk about just in that <laughs> chunk. Um, firstly, let's just rewind just for a second, the Tony Robbins. So when you actually, the, the first day, were you like blown away like, wow, who is this man? Like this tall man with a big head that's uh, just amazing to listen to. <laughs> were you blown away? 
Oh, I was dying. I, I, cause everyone, so here's what everyone was so weird. Is it, and they always said, oh, you're going to drink the Kool-Aid. Um, and I'm like, what does that mean? And Because a lot of people <laughs> sort of associate Tony Robbins in that industry as sort of cult-like. Yeah. And I had no idea what all these people were drinking the Kool-Aid. And then I met him and he came in the room and I'm like, what have I gotten myself into? Mm-hmm. And then I found out that 95% of his staff at the time in San Diego, I think there were about 300 plus staff full-time. Wow. Uh, is in the height, the heyday of his his seminar business. Um, 90, 90 plus percent of those people were past seminar attendees. Mm-hmm. And I was one of the only few people that had no idea who he was. So I was the constantly poked <laughs> fun at for that. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I know. So um, let's talk about the, the hobbypreneur, that, 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 that jump going from a hobby into the, the big business. Um, and you actually just said back before, which some of the listeners may be in that situation where they're still an employee, they're looking at, you know, they're, they're sort of, you know, tattling away at night in their computers thinking about creating a business or they're, you, they've created it, but they just haven't made the jump. They haven't made the jump because they're not ready yet to um, financially support themselves. But there's a time when you do have to take that jump. Um, and, you know, that takes a lot of guts and sometimes that, you know, you don't have that safety net behind you and underneath you. And that's why entrepreneurialism is, you know, it's, it's such a scary thing for people. Like I'm a risk taker anyway, you know, I just jump without looking. <laughs> I'm in danger zone. Um, but for many people, it's just so scary to have this passion that, they really want to get out there and do something, but then they're sort of strapped to, you know, that consistency of having a wage and having mm-hmm. an employer. So what, when, how did you know it was time to make that jump? Was it based on just the success of what was going with the Porter Productions or was it something else? Like, how did you actually know? I'm going to be really honest. Um, mm. It was because I, my whole past was working with speakers. So I was first with Tony Robbins, and then I worked with a guy named Chris Howard, and then an amazing woman named Lauren Slocum. And I mean, there's a list that goes on and on and mm-hmm. on. There was a moment when I was running this event and once again promoting somebody else, making money for somebody else. And I realized in that moment, I, why, why can't I just do this myself? I'm actually being a freelancer, the same thing. I'm just caught in the same role over and over and over again, and I'm building somebody else's business because I'm a freelancer, let's be honest. And I, and I was really honest with myself, and I said, as long as I keep doing this, I'm never actually going to be Heather Porter as a brand, as a businesswoman, and, and actually be making my own decisions. Do you know what? I've just realized we have something so in common. <laughs> Again. <laughs> I love it. Um, that's actually what happened to me. Uh, really? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was working for a, a training company and mm-hmm. I really didn't want to compete with them. So I stepped away from actually doing what, you know, my craft is and um, decided to open up an online business, which you know about the presence yeah. of presence for her and within six months I was really quite depressed because I was stuck in you know in a in a bedroom you know talking to people via the internet um, inquiring about presents and gifts mm. and I'd gone from you know training people standing mm. on a platform talking and inspiring to actually being by myself and no one wanted to talk at all yeah. so it was completely the wrong <laughs> job for me <laughs> and yes. then I had this epiphany where it was like this is what I am great at. 
this is what I'm great at. I'm great at being on the stage, empowering people. However, um, I was doing it for somebody else's company. And at that stage, they were pimping me out for $1,500 a day. I call, I call mm. it pimping me out. Yeah, it's pretty and much. And I knew, <laughs> I knew that I only got a little cut of that. I got about 30% of that. And I knew that th- that was actually, you know, half the going rate. So I was working for somebody that actually had um, a, a restriction or a scarcity mindset of, you know, what they could actually earn or their, their consultants could earn. So I just went, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. And honestly, as soon as I made that, that decision, I thought I can just do this myself. I can build this business myself. I am my own product. And straight away I got my first 3K gig and it wasn't even for a day. It was for uh, 60 minutes. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> and I was like, okay, so I can I can do not even um, what I thought I could do. I could do even better. And uh, then I just went, that's it. I'm just going to start doing what I absolutely love, um, and started to carve that way. Um, and that's mindset. how we actually met with you. Yeah, it's the mindset yeah. of it. So it's so interesting yeah. to actually hear that story of yours. Um, and there was one. I don't know where we go too personal, but there was one area where you did mm. sort of go into partnership where you were manager yes. director. Um, yes. Just share with me about the importance of partnership for people that you know want to go. Oh. I think about getting a friend on board or we're going to, we, we've got this business idea. We're going to go 50, 50 because you're in a partnership now I am, with autopilot. Yeah. yeah. So share with us what you, what you've learned and what you would do differently. So the first thing is, is that it's, it's, it's a hard one. You have to know that the person that's in there with you is really in there equally to the point where, you know, you, it, it's 4am and maybe, uh, you know, something's happened with a client and that person's up Skyping with you at that time in the morning mm-hmm. versus disappearing whenever things get hard. And it, it's hard to, it's hard to know that type of person. And the reason why my first partnership wasn't that great is because I didn't really personally know the person that I went into that relationship with mm-hmm. um, to point where in in one business capacity i understood that you know i was more his employee but when it became more of a partnership it was it just didn't work i didn't see it properly mm-hmm. the other one with where i'm in currently right now for autopilot you know with andrew i i was in the in the seminar industry with him and we were on the road together a lot and sleepless nights working for somebody else but we really got to see each other be absolutely pushed to the max Mm -hmm. and know that both of us could get through that. So I realized, you know, if I could see that in that person, that's what, that's what makes a partnership, knowing that whatever is happening, you're going to fight and you're going to fight to the end. Mm, Beautiful. So how did you um, go getting clients on board? Like when you suddenly went, right, that's it. I'm going to not treat this as a hobby. This is a business and I'm going to kick it out of the goal park. (laughs) How did you start getting clients? What did you do? So, first of all, it was a mindset thing, and that's why I said that earlier with what mm-hmm. you were saying. It's, it was a very clear decision, um, like a line in the sand, so to speak, where mm-hmm. you never go back. And it was, a first of all, a way of thinking differently. So, rather than just sort of saying, oh, yeah, I could do that for you, and devaluing yourself and not actually putting a price tag on what you offer, it became actually that's a package that I can offer. And here's the price of that package. So it became, yeah, I can do that for you without even caring or thinking about what I would charge to this is what is included and this is what it costs. Mm. So as soon as I did that, the first packages I started offering for my business were website packages. Mm -hmm. So 
you know, I said, this is the, this is what you get. You get a WordPress website and this is how much it costs. Um, and so I guess that was really the, the initial shift is, is how to think of it as just willy nilly in mm-hmm. business and just throwing, doing things for people, not even keeping track of what it is to thinking of it more as a system and something that you're actually yeah. selling. When you do that, by the way, people then can say what you do, mm. which is yeah. pretty powerful. How did you go with um, the mindset of pricing and asking for money and charging? I know a lot of people when they go from working from themselves, mm-hmm. uh, employers, sorry, to working for themselves, they actually find it hard sometimes to actually charge what they're worth um, and they undercut their prices. Did you ever have that challenge where you felt like you always had to discount or just the fear of actually asking for money or do you know what I mean? Do you ever had that? Fear always. Yeah. yeah, always. I'm definitely not as brave as you when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, always. Um, I think for me, I, I'm a believer, whether it's right or wrong, in that you always want to find somebody you're going to work with. It's always two steps ahead of you, at mm-hmm. least. So they always have a little bit more experience and they're also within your reach because I find if they're within your reach, they remember the past enough of where you are now to, to feel the pain and understand what you must do to take a step ahead. But also they're good enough because they've gotten through those sets of challenges you have right now. So when I price point that, I'm looking at, you know, I look at my mentors and I think, well, I probably shouldn't price myself that high because I'm not there yet. Mm -hmm. But I shouldn't price myself to somebody that's behind me either. So I'm always looking for that sort of middle ground pricing, whether that's right or wrong. That's what I've been doing. And I'm finding that, you know, it it generally works. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But yeah, it does under it definitely does undercut because I tend to overgive and I like to give a lot. And sometimes that can also shoot me in the foot because I'll make promises that perhaps, you know, I I deliver on, but I shouldn't be probably best spent of my time. Yeah. I actually find that a lot with web developers Mm -hmm. um, that they set something and then they realize how much work it is um, to actually do. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Probably even my SUNY website. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. We haven't had that conversation, but hey, maybe. and, you know, your, your prices are extremely competitive. I continually refer you not just because um, of, you know, your amazing dedication and the quality of work and the branding that you guys pop out, but also because you are a really good price. You um, you deliver, you over-deliver um, for what your actually prices are. They're, they're, yeah, you're very competitive. So let's um, go into your craft because I'd love sure. to share with everybody – um, you know, what's hot at the moment? What's going on? What's hot online? If there's yep. entrepreneurs out there, what's something they should be doing? Dynamic content is how I've coined it. I think it's actually a word that people are starting to use as well. So <laughs> turning your website and your online presence into a way of having a two-sided conversation rather than just a one-sided, one-topic you know, type of conversation. Mm. What do I mean by that? So yeah. basically... You know, up until now, we we have a website and, and, you know, if you have a good website, you have a blog, which you're updating your blog and you're doing, you know, posts or podcasts or videos and things like that. Um, You're also then probably perhaps promoting that to your email list. Mm -hmm. So most people, they get the lead in and then they have an ongoing piece of content and then they promote that ongoing piece of content as a newsletter and it pretty much stops there. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of that one size fits all and that, that was working really well. But now unfortunately what's happened is that more people have websites, more noise online, more podcasts, more, you know, this and that. 
So the people that are really standing out are those that are doing the, and you know this term as well, which a lot of people are calling it the tripwire, but basically yeah. the idea of, of a tripwire marketing is that you're segmenting your list every second chance you can get. And you're not only doing your list, your email list and segmenting based on what they want, but you're also changing up your content on your website to deliver next steps based on the exact topic on that particular page. Mm -hmm. So rather than having one ad banner that sits for your program throughout your website, you would actually use miniature products or services based on a topic and sell those from inside a page based on the topic of that page. So give me a second just to see if I comprehend yes. it. So let's just say um, the cash flow candy interviews, all right? Yep. Um, and let's just say yours is um, about your craft, um, yes. online marketing, let's just say. Mm. So then if a person's actually on, let's just say my website and they're on that cash flow candy blog yep. um, that also has the recording, then there'll be other links to marketing or is that what you mean? Like other content yes. about marketing? Yes, exactly. So other content about marketing, um, you know, if you and I were to do, say, a joint venture or mm -hmm. some sort of affiliate deal, maybe we'd have just that particular item on that particular page and nowhere else on your website, for mm -hmm. example. Um, a really great way of thinking about that, and I know you'll completely get this, is the whole personal trainer scenario where you have, from what I understand, three distinct markets. You have people that want to lose weight, lose fat, and build muscle. Mm -hmm. And if you're just promoting a website where most of your stuff's about losing weight, you're, le you're losing the rest of your market. Mm -hmm. So you can have three blog categories and you can even have your web development team um, hard code into your blog. So if, if I'm writing a blog post on weight loss, then every time I check that box in, in you know, my WordPress blog saying this is a weight loss category, mm. then you can have ad banners that pop up about weight loss on that page, but it's automatic. It's automated. So you can even go a step further based on your category and your site. You can actually promote different products on autopilot that way. Gosh, you know, um, anyone listening, I'm just sitting here just taking a thousand notes. This is what always happens with Heather. I just feel like I just turn into the student and she just has so much information. I think, oh, my God, wouldn't you want a Heather to work in your business? <laughs> oh, I love um, it. Amazing. So tell me what else is um, really, you know, what, what do you what do you, what do you predict is coming up? Because sure. – uh, 2013 you're predicting stuff for 2015 and one thing you said is videos are going to be huge and yes. Facebook feeds are going to be full of videos and at that <laughs> time it was just photos were just coming out um, and um, other things you were saying were the podcasts mm. um, just everything you said it, it was really just you know, all just starting to come out in 2013. It was really, you know, not driven hard and you sort of knew about it, but it just wasn't the thing to do. Yeah. And when I listened back, everything you said <laughs> is the thing or it had been the thing and then it started to phase out and I was like, oh, my God, she just hit it on the head. So what do you know that's coming up like that you just sure. think this is like going to be hot, people don't realise it, but this is this is it. <laughs> You know what I think and for, from all the things I'm seeing right now with the people that I follow online, I really think there's going to be a movement to go back to being more real. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is you chuck out the copywriting book that you have and get real. Um, there's, there's women that are writing blogs that they swear naturally and so therefore they're swearing mm -hmm. in their blog posts, you know. There's, there's women that are 
are quirky and nerdy and they just embrace the nerd with all their marketing. And so when I say real, I, I can actually, I know that that is working. And to give you an example of that on Facebook ads, what's working really well on the news stream right now is to promote blog posts rather than products or services or opt-in pages. So when I was talking to you about, say, the personal trainer and you're writing a blog post on weight loss, you want to give that your all. You want to write from the heart. You want to be real. You want to give good advice and good content. And then you want to send ads to your blog post because Mm -hmm. your blog post is going to pre-qualify and then, of course, naturally have those banner ads or those next steps based on that topic. So people can get a taste for your personality and who you are that way rather than more that sleazy, harder salesy stuff that that a lot of us have been doing for a long time yeah um and anyone that you know hassles me for my copy and my spelling mistakes i'm just being authentic right (laughs) you know but you are and and the fact they're actually hassling you for that means they're reading it (laughs) no and my sister is one of the biggest uh copywriter nazis i know I had a picture up on Facebook the other day and she said uh, it had campaign breakfast and a champagne. <laughs> she yeah, goes, what nice. was the campaign for? And I'm like, campaign? And I was like, oh, spelling error, champagne. And then she corrected my champagne. <laughs> and I was like, oh, damn it. <laughs> oh, I love you, sis. Um, tell me what some of the biggest mistakes are that you say um, out mm. there. Copycatting. <laughs> oh, I love it. Let's go into that. <laughs> All right. So what's interesting right now, the, the move of websites um, and ads and everything online is that there's now been enough years that have, have happened where there's enough of us doing ads, enough of us building websites that work and that are, you know, look really great. Mm-hmm. And because there's enough of us doing it, the people that are coming up through the ranks say, oh, well, I'll just do what you're doing. And and it's also getting harder to kind of have a website and a brand that looks, I you know, unique to yourself as well. Because if you think about the movement of websites, we're now using websites that are responsive that have to fit into smaller devices. Mm-hmm. So when I'm I'm going to tie this back to being real. You can be real through images. You can be real through colors, through fonts, through your languaging. You've got to start to be real through the conversation rather than, I think, so much the design. I mean, I think before people were hung up on design to a point where if the design is beautiful, then, you know, great, everyone's going to want to do business with me. But now everyone's copying each other. So you need to step it up a notch and actually start to talk your story and share your story through your images. Like instead of stock photos, use your own images. Be Mm. creative with what you're doing. Mm. Um, and I think we spoke about this last time um, on the video Living Legends recording that mm. um, Marie Forleo, when she came out, every female's website looked like hers. And I was just thinking, just, you know, <laughs> get alive. <laughs> I can see, like, it was identical. They were identical. Yeah. And I loved it when um, I sat down with you. Yeah. And you said, we're not copying anyone, we're doing you. And I was like, thank God. <laughs> and then when you presented, the one thing is you were so on brand, like when you talk to people and you work out what they are and their personalities and you come back to mine with hot pink. And, <laughs> and I was like, that is me. 
It's got to be you. Yeah, it's got to be you. So you can mm. still be creative, but just know now that that it's it's harder to be creative because there's so many people saying, oh, I just want your site. And especially, you know, ladies and and gents, if you're building yourself up as an entrepreneur and more of a figurehead, there are going to be people that just want to copy what you do. Mm. You know, I actually was on a website last night, a sales trainer, and um, Mm – yeah, she's contacted me and actually looked and I swear that there was actually things there that I felt like she'd actually ripped off my site. Probably. And I was like, <laughs> okay, so that's a compliment. It is a compliment. <laughs> I was actually just looking at all the copy. Yeah. And that's what sort of gave it away and I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, well, that's a compliment. <laughs> I'll take that as a good thing. Um, hey, talk to me about you with your podcast and um, sure. uh, anything that you've authored um, over the last couple of years that if people want to sort of learn more and get in touch with you, what have you got yes. going on at the moment? So I have a podcast as well and I've been doing it now for a few years and we just reached our 100th episode. Yes, I know. And I was You're mentioned. on it. <laughs> we mentioned Andrew and I have been doing the podcast. We do mostly bantering every now and again in an interview. Um, and yeah, I think at this point, last check, we're in 85 countries and um, it's pretty wow. cool. Yeah. So we're, you know, we have our little podcast going on. And, and so that was an episode of appreciation for people that I think are movers and shakers in their space. And that's mm-hmm. why you're in it. <laughs> Thank you very much. That was beautiful to get that email. And... Oh, gosh. Yeah. So we, we do the podcast and we're, um, we've been, to be quite honest, we've been really good in the last year and a half. And we've been a bit slackerish in the last couple of, of, of months. But that's because we've been building up our online digital traffic institute, mm-hmm. which is that's our membership area. So obviously in business, you've got to get smarter and we always are looking for ways to get smarter to to expand our reach. And the only way you can do that is to get rid of the, the one-to-one model and mm-hmm. go to the one-to-many. And businesses that do both, that's great too. So we're, we're now doing that. So we've always been doing the one-to-one of, you know, building a website or doing social media strategies, very custom work. Mm-hmm. So we're, we've been just focusing on this new area of our business, which is a training area. So we can really reach entrepreneurs that are starting up and, and give them our advice in the one-to-many fashion. Mm-hmm. So what's the training area? What is it? Did, digitaltrafficinstitute.com. And so what what do they do there? So basically, whenever Andrew and I have something that's worked well in our business, um, Mm -hmm. we'll pop it in there. So we have video um, library. So for example, the other day I was testing something with Facebook ads and doing some, you know, retargeting. That's that's all part of that sort of conversational approach Mm -hmm. I was talking about earlier, where you show ads based on pages people have um, been onto your website, specific ads and messaging. So I was playing around with that in our business and, and for a couple of other people. And so I popped a video in there. You know, I'm like, guys, I want to show you how I've how I'm doing this. So here, check it out. Um, you know, we have a script of something that we use in our business. Like we'll have a spreadsheet or um, an email script or something that's worked really well. And we'll pop it into our scripts and, and templates area. We do live calls. So it's just a way it's, it's kind of documentation for ourselves, but also sharing what's working for us with other people. Mm, great. And, um, I've actually read that you've, um, authored a couple of Amazon yeah. bestsellers. <laughs> okay. So uh, when I, when I go and go to a seminar, I always go with something in, in mind of I have to action one thing straight mm-hmm. away. <laughs> yeah. So there is there is a seminar I went to, gosh, was it three years ago, two and a half years ago? Um the Ryan, the Ryan Dice, Perry Bilcher, they're two marketers in America mm-hmm. that get a lot of inspiration from yeah. when they have a um, traffic Yeah, geniuses. Um traffic and conversion summit. So I was there and they were talking about how you can self publish on Amazon. 
so in true fashion of Andrew and I, how we were, we were at the event together and they said, right, so here's basically the best way you get onto Amazon and get a bestseller. Mm-hmm. Go and write some note cards with the chapters and the bullet points and they gave us a little formula. Go do that. Record yourselves just talking. You know, if you know your stuff, you can just talk about it. Get that transcribed. Do some editing. Go here to get a book cover, and then do this next to get it to be bestseller. So we wrote a book within a week. And we had it on. We had it on Amazon. <laughs> we were actually on Saturday night after the one of the days of the seminar in our hotel room recording the book into our um, laptop. <laughs> How much do you love that? Like for me, I'm, I'm, I'm really with the transcripts because I'm yeah. not a person that loves to type because you just have to yeah. clean up so much of my grammar anyway. Um, yeah, but that Amazon fast um, technique is definitely a great one to do. And those uh, guys are just awesome. Amazing. Yeah. So, Heather, can you share with us um, – what would be some like three or let's just say um, one or two, I don't care how many, say your hottest tips you've got. Sure. Um, let's say one for at least the startup. Okay. So you've got okay. the woman in the startup um, and you've got somebody in the growth stage. So let's just say two tips okay. um, that you just think if you had to leave them with something, what would the golden nuggets be? Okay. So for a startup, I would say do more and learn less. I think when we're in startup phase, we often learn ourselves out of action because we're comparing ourselves to others. We're thinking, oh, if only I just had this bit more knowledge of that. So make a really big effort to just do more, just get started, just um, get out there and take those steps. And stop the perfection paralysis. Yes, yes, yes. um, I've never actually heard that little saying that you've just said to like for a a startup advice, like just Mm. do more and learn less because they feel like – you know, I've just got to get this right. I've just got to, I've actually gone through it too, and I I probably go through it still now. Um, but that's such great advice. I love it. And when I say do more, you got to put yourself around the the people that are going to help you get there as well. Yeah. So, you know, so many of us think, oh, I could just go learn this, and I read this book, and I'll do that. You don't. You're you're, you're making yourself an expert at too much, rather than the thing that you're actually going to be good at. That's actually going to build you a business. Mm. So that's that's the per- first piece of advice. Love and it. then the next one is for growth phase. Is that right? Yeah. Mm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so she's in a growth phase. She's she she's done the yeah. startup. She's starting to see money come in her business. What is something that she can do? Or what's a golden nugget for you? So at this point, um, I would be looking at, uh, it's such a boring word, but systemization. And what I mean Mm -hmm. by that is that you have to actually, it's a switch in your mind. And what you're doing is you're, you're filtering a different way of how you do work day to day. So whenever there's a moment and you say, oh, I've done that twice now. You need to work out in that moment how to delegate to build that into a system. You will never get past that initial phase of growth. And I know this because I've been in a phase of growth for too long. And the reason why uh, that before you actually start to scale, reason why is because I I never took the, the moment or the time to say, wait, hold up. I need to make this a system. I need to get somebody else to do it. I was not proactive enough to do that because if you if you're not able to do that, you're not you're actually not growing a business. You're mm. still just kind of trading time for money and, and you know m- sticking in a job, really. Yeah, and that's <laughs> there's two things you've actually just said there. One is um, you know if you do something twice, I remember actually hearing Jack Delosa say that. And if you do oh. something twice, 
It needs to be a system. Um, And the other thing is that if you don't, you actually continue to run your business as a startup. Correct. And um, there's nothing that teaches you to systemize more when you get a staff member on. And for me, I've got (laughs) a brand new VA on and my other VA, I've had her for three years and now I've got a brand new one on and, oh, my gosh, it's Uh like – you just don't realize how much um, you think was systemized and it's not. And you think there's a process in place and it's not until a mistake happens. And last week I actually had two mistakes that happened with that with clients, which is just not on for me. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so, But it wasn't their fault. You know, she didn't know what she didn't know. Um, and that's what I actually wrote on Facebook. What's so disappointed in myself. This is what's happened. But you know what? It's not their fault. It's my fault. I take full responsibility <laughs> because it just should have been systemized. Um, and it's just a matter it's of hard, just taking though, a step. It's hard though, isn't it? Yeah. You know, but it's it, hard. It's 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 the one it. thing it's your bottleneck if you don't do it that's where your business stops your business exactly will right. never um you know you can never outgrow your business your business sorry your business will never outgrow you will only grow to the level that, of your capacity and what you actually have and your knowledge so um yeah two p- great pieces of advice thank you so much yeah no problem. um heather it's been beautiful to actually learn more about you and once again <laughs> share you with the world Guys, um, if you want to get to know Heather more, where can they actually find you, Heather? Well, um, so one thing that we've been doing is testing traffic in our own business. And since November, we have tripled our traffic to our website. So I have built a little Mm one-pager that shows you how we did that. And it's at aybguide.com. And you can pick that up there. That's a really good place to sort of follow along my journey and what what I'm doing in my business and sharing with you guys um, or heatherporter.com. So aybguide.com.com. Yep, like, so and what is what is that actually again? So that's a five steps to triple your traffic and it's basically oh. a blueprint <laughs> and then starting up on that. <laughs> if you guys get it, you're going to it's it's the entry point into what we're doing right now in, t- in our business and you're going to witness some of these funnels and these two-sided conversations and all the stuff I've been sharing with you is what we're testing and using right now mm-hmm. so you'll be led in that journey of of how to kind of use this in your own business. Beautiful. Well, Heather Porter, thank you so much for sharing your your time with us today and catch play candy. And Thank you so I can't much wait for to see me. you sometime this week. I think we've got our date finally planned. <laughs> we do. do. <laughs> You're listening to Cashflow Candy. This is Annette Lackovich. And if you want to join me for more interviews and great sales and business advice, make sure you subscribe to my Cashflow Candy show. That way you get regular updates. Let's keep boosting your sales and building the business of your dreams.